Hey guys, it's Neve, and woo, I'm excited. Have you got? Have you guys heard the big news? Catfish is coming to the UK. Like you're getting your own version of the show, which means if you live in the UK and you think you might be getting catfished, or maybe a friend or family member's catfished, or you need our help in any way, please, we want to hear your stories. So apply, 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 and hopefully we can help. All right, good luck. Hello, it's Antonia Jones, and I'm back with a very special edition of my podcast, I'm a Mum Fix My Life. I've got a very special guest from MTV's hit show, Catfish. It's Janet Hughes. She's one of the show's senior MTV casting producers. And today we're discussing all things Catfish, including being a single parent and dating during lockdown. So what brings Catfish to the UK for the first time ever? Yeah, finally, finally, we're getting our own series. Um, so we all know the US series is in series nine at the moment, hugely successful off the back of the uh, documentary, news documentary um, in 2010. So it's been 10 years, the catfish journey, and it's taken that long to get to the UK. Uh, we're doing our first series um, because it is of the time. Catfishing is on the increase because of the pandemic. So no better time to be doing it in the UK than doing it now when people are um, being forced into more and more online relationships because that's the only way of meeting new people. And um, that's what one thing I want to talk about. I've got some statistics as well to talk about online dating and what has happened since we've had the lockdown over here in the UK as well. So firstly, it'd be really good to find out more about your career for any mums who are quite interested in getting into TV production. So how did you get into TV production? So I did a... Um, undergraduate in journalism my English teacher and I 16 said I was a good writer and I had a nice voice and she said I should consider going into broadcast journalism so I had a look at that and I also looked into psychology so I'm fascinated by people and people's behaviors um, and also helping people and, and why they they do the things they do so I was brought up by a single mom and she was a human and animal rights activist so part of it comes from that wanting to help people and animals and um, but also a fascination with human behaviour. So I decided to go down the journalism route. And when I came out of uni, I got a job on a news radio station in Ireland called News Talk. Um, and then I decided I really wanted to do television and I want to give the UK, which is a much bigger market ago. So I came over and I did a master's here in Leeds in broadcast journalism and thought I'd go into radio. But my first job was in television. Um, and I was a personal assistant and a development researcher which is where you come up with the ideas for television shows and try and get them commissioned um, and that was kind of the, my big break into it all along the way I've done loads of different shows from uh, well-known shows like Richard and Judy when I was on Channel 4 um, did a panorama I uh, worked on a BAFTA nominated documentary Charlie Hebdo three days at Should Paris last summer I did a much more fun show which was rich holiday poor holiday where families from opposite ends of the wealth divide got to swap holidays and try out each other's holidays so a whole host of, of varied um, things and um, we do have obviously lots of great mums working in the industry uh, the industry was 
quite a tough place for mums for a while, but things have got a lot better. And there's now job sharing is coming in, which is really useful. So you get really experienced mothers and sometimes it's both both of them are mothers. Sometimes it's with someone who can only do part time for maybe health or other, other reasons and they team up and they and they job share. So that's a big um, drive that's been in the industry and it seems to be expanding and working very, very well. Um, because we were losing some of the, the mums um, and having a bit of a brain drain out of the industry, which was such a shame because, you, you know, you can't make up for experience uh, by putting someone more junior in the position. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of great mums that I know, heads of development, executive producers, series producers, uh, senior casting producers, directors. You see mums with their big bumps going out in the field directing. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great place for, for parents these days. And what's good about that is the fact that um, mums, they can run a home and they can run anything that's how I see it run a project at work and that's the value that they bring to the organization so that is just so good to know and that's something I wanted to touch on a bit later on how can a mum make it in the industry because of the fast pacedness of it and everything like that so I'm glad you touched on that so what do you like most about your job I love meeting people that's it's all about the people for me and I love working with contributors that are normal members of the public so I have worked with some celebrities and some famous people but it's real people that I'm interested in real people's stories giving them a voice helping them um, uh, or uh, enabling them to have some fun depending on the show that I'm working on so that's what um, appeals to me the most about about my job Um, I do love when you get a show that like I've worked on some things that have changed government policy and improved people's lives Um, It doesn't happen all the time when it does. That's extremely rewarding. But the thing I enjoy about my job every day is talking to new people, listening to their stories and even some of the stories they don't make it on air for whatever reason. It's still that interaction that you have with someone. They share something with you. It's it's very special. And it's I think it's quite a privilege or a job that people are willing to share their their lives with us um, and get, you know, some of the issues out there. Uh, At the moment, obviously, I'm working on MTV's Catfish and you think, oh, you know, oh, yes, a great reality type show. But actually, it's really a current affairs documentary series. This is a current affairs issue that we're we're dealing with. Catfishing is something that any single person or as we're um, learning, there's other types of catfishing. We didn't even I discovered a new one recently, employment catfishing, which can happen to any of us, where there's people um, getting in touch with people saying they've got a great job for them. They make them interview four or five times for it, all on Zoom, obviously, because of the pandemic. And at the end of it, there's no job or they start a job and then they don't get paid. Wow. That's new to me. New to me too. Never heard about it. Is that like a new TV series then? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's definitely like, we, you know, hopefully, you know, I don't know if we'll get a story around that, but um, it was something new and that, you know, we're, we're looking into, but obviously the main ones are romance stories because relationships and dating uh, you know it's become more and more popular the the two people I know that were supposed to get married this year the two couples they both met online that's how people meet and uh these days and particularly busy people so the the kind of people that do online dating or in relationships are people who are away a lot for work like they work in the airline industry or in oil rigs or you know they work in haulage or single parents these are all extremely busy people so you're more likely to be 
online and doing online dating and all the the pros and cons and the funny stories and the pitfalls that come with it. Yes, we're going to talk about that. You just jumped ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Just jumping back slightly, it's quite competitive in the industry, in your industry. And I know that because I've worked in it myself. So what advice would you give to a mum wanting to get into the industry? You have to kind of think of what skills you have and to be able to sell yourself. You may have to start at the bottom and that's quite, you know, you might have to be a runner initially um, and work your way up. But you can learn a lot and make a lot of contacts when you start out. So um, it is tough. But if you are really good at your job, you'll you know, there's loads of opportunities you can move up. There's also loads of different areas within it. So if you're a mum with young kids that maybe can't go away from home as much, there's lots of jobs that are much more office based. It isn't all about going out on shoots all the time. In fact, most of my job is office based um, and then you know, I go out on the road sometimes. So if you've got someone who can do childcare for you, um, some of the time you could still do some of those jobs that, that bring you out on the road. Um, as your kids get older, then it's a bit it's a bit easier and there's there's more and more opportunities. But there's kind of two main routes. One is production and that's the super organization, like setting up everything behind the scenes, getting all the logistics right, health and safety, these days all the COVID structure of shoots. Um, making sure everyone has what they need gets the equipment they need all of that kind of stuff that and they don't tend to go out on location as much those roles um but they need the skills of super organizers like super single moms you know they're exactly the kind of people who are brilliant at those kind of roles and then for um if you're kind of really creative and maybe organization isn't your strong suit then there's the editorial roles which is more the casting going out in the shoots um and uh story producing and things like that um and again that's really uh you know it's it's very exciting but a lot of it is office based again so you can if you've got you know the right person to share child mining with you you would be able to do those editorial roles and just kind of you can pick to work on productions that are maybe more uk based until your kids get older and you can do the foreign shoots and to be honest um, i always prefer the uk productions anyway because it's more fun you know you get to go around the country it's all you know British Irish people or you know people from around the world in Britain anyway so you, you don't really need to go very far to get amazing stories when you live in this country. And there's lots to see as well and it's so good where you mentioned about the job sharing as well that gives mums the opportunity to work part-time and learn at the same time so things are changing so much in the industry and it's good to know so mums there is the opportunity there go for it. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Come in and super organize us, please, because we could do with it. Like if you could run a a home, getting everyone ready to get to school and then, you know, looking after children, all of the activities and then coming home and then doing the washing. There's there's a plan of action in there. Definitely. There's a lot to be said. (laughs) So we're just moving on to talk about the horror stories of online dating. And the COVID-19 pandemic has driven most people online. So um, because we've had to socially distance as well ourselves and we've also got to watch out for coronavirus and just making sure we're having our face coverings and things like that. So there's lots of pros and cons. And I've also seen that there's loads of online dating platforms that have just advertised, they've ramped up the advertising like Bumble and also Facebook as well. Um, I actually got a notification the other day, um, but of course I politely declined because, <laughs> for my own reasons. 
busy doing my podcast and there's so much um, out there to, to do. And I was quite interested to see that notification come up. I haven't been looking on any sites, but it's just the fact that people are looking for relationships or even people just to talk to, just friendship. So I was also reading a recent survey by the relationship charity um, called Relate. And it said that 61% of around 2000 people felt that lockdown has made them realize that relationships are the most important things in their lives. So what's your thoughts on this? Well, um, I'm single and I'm online dating in the pandemic, so I can totally relate, excuse the pun after you talking about the charity. (laughs) And so is my housemate. Um, so the two of us have been dating um, in the pandemic and it, it is it is difficult. I think they, some of the nice things about it is it's made people slow down and think about what they want from a relationship. Um, and it there's a lot more dating going on because you obviously, um, you know, can't go out and have a snog at the end of the first date like you used to. Now you have to date for a few dates and see if you like someone and you you know the rules are you have to be in an established relationship before you can do anything like that so um I think it's brought back kind of almost an old school slightly Jane Austen-esque because you know you have to you know maintain the two meter distance if possible and things like that um but that's not necessarily a bad thing you know to slow down and for people to actually seriously think about what they want in a relationship um rather than just dating and, and hoping that something something sticks. Um, the cons, of course, are that there's opportunists out there who have seized upon this and there's a massive increase in catfishing, funnily enough. And uh, because people, they've got the perfect excuse not to meet up with you. You know, it's like, oh, can we meet up and go for a nice walk together? Um, and they can say, no, no, we're not allowed in the pandemic. Now, the, f- the first lockdown, that was true. Um, eventually we were allowed to meet up with one person outside our household but this time around it wasn't but they still were using it as an excuse so you know at home we have to shield because my grandfather is here in the house or whatever all those excuses so um all those things have been going on as well but I do think people have had to be more creative too so if you want to go on a date with someone and there's no pubs cafes and restaurants open so what do you do so one day I did myself as I met up with the guy in the park and I brought a bottle of Prosecco with me and two little glasses and I popped it out. We sat on the bench and we had a little chat. We didn't go on a second date, but it was very nice to see that you could still go on a date. And um, my housemate has had, she's actually met someone through online dating since the beginning of September. And the, the, the big problem is um, when do you step up the relationship into the bedroom? Like when is that okay? Um, so they have been dating for three months and they've only managed to actually have a nice night together once in those whole three months because of the pandemic. Um, and, uh, and tonight she was spoke, they were supposed to be meeting up again. She was so excited and shaved her legs and everything. And, uh, she he messaged her and said someone had, uh, wasn't able to go out at work and he had to go out instead on this big run in a work vehicle and they had to cancel and reschedule and she was devastated. So now she's doing yoga instead <laughs> while I'm doing this interview. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> so, <laughs> so these are the pitfalls that, you know, th- th- this is just an example of like two, you know, normal women that are trying to date. So um, I'm totally, you know, when people are applying for the show or when I'm listening to people's stories, I can totally relate to why they would end up in these scenarios because it is so difficult trying to figure out how to find a relationship 
in the pandemic. <laughs> now that you say that about the interaction, um, I actually went on a dating seminar with a friend of mine and I went for research purposes and nobody believes me for that. <laughs> I did it for radio just to find out about it. I was very sceptical skeptical about it um, and it was organized by a Matthew Hussey I'm not sure if you've heard of him and he's New York's best-selling author of Get the Guy so this was like about seven hours it's like a whole day's work um, tips and hints on how to interact with um, different people and how to feel liberated at some stage I felt like it was like a Bridget Jones moment like women were just jumping around and um, talking to one another. And there was a stage where um, they had women like in groups together and the music was really loud. And they were saying, trying to have a conversation inside of like you're in a bar, but it's not possible because how can you talk over a bar? That's not the right place. So they were saying things like go to the library, to the coffee shop. The things that you like doing is that that's where you would meet that person. But obviously with the um, online dating now and because of the lockdown, the different tiers, things have slightly changed. So then that kind of makes me think about that whole scenario, as you, as you say, where people are catfishing and, and, and what, what do you actually do in that situation? But they are more hot on the face-to-face interaction, as I mentioned. But um, in this day and age, things have changed slightly different. So we kind of need to be a bit more savvy in how we do things. So that was really interesting. So I've got some more figures. So early March, um, the UK went into lockdown. And by the end of March, Tinder users made 3 billion swipes worldwide on Sunday, the 29th of March. So that was the biggest figure ever recorded in a day. So I'm, I'm quite shocked at that, really shocked. So it's, it's kind of, we went into lockdown and then all of a sudden there's lots of people going online. Um, I've heard stories of friends who have been married, they've had success stories, some haven't worked. So there's so many different pros and cons to that. So um, it's just, um, just, just looking at it as a whole. Um, I've gone through a few pros and cons. So I'm going to throw a few in your direction, Janet, to kind of feel what you what's your take on this kind of thing so um i've got here it's a con it's a crowded digital space what's your thinking around that um with online dating yes it's how do you filter through to find the people that are suitable for you yeah it's it's a massive problem um i've i have tried different dating apps to see if any of them have a solution to it so i actually upgraded my tinder account um during they had a um a cyber monday sale um, last week so I you know I was finally able to try it for not a ridiculous amount of money um, and it was it's great all my matches are there in one go and now I can filter through them <clears throat> why well, I have tried some other dating apps and and this the, the matches that they were suggesting to me or so I tried match.com and I hated it I went off it after 24 hours because you just all these random guys messaging you um, so yeah I think particularly like busy people like that have got jobs that are very intense and single moms and stuff it is, you know, we're, we're time poor people, you know, we don't have a lot of time, you know, if you've got quite a chilled out job, you can spend an hour in an evening, what mom has got an hour in the evening to herself, she's got 15 minutes, right, she's got 15 minutes, and she needs to get in there, and she needs to find out what, you know, try and find some nice guy to, you know, engage with, and then see if there's a connection there, um, unfortunately, it seems to be that paying for stuff is getting to be the way to do that, they kind of, they, they want you to pay for things. Um, so my advice would be is wait until they have their sales, you know, and then try it for one month on, on you know, a cheap deal. Um, don't, don't like, because I think it was $26.99 normally to try it for one month on Tinder, but I got it for $13.99. 
So that's a massive savings. I think it's things like that do do help. I, I think also figuring out which apps have the kind of people that would are suitable for you so there's muddy matches for example for people who are into countryside stuff so if you're someone who's really into outdoorsy pursuits maybe you know muddy matches is better for you um or one of my friends who uh, got married this year and met his wife um he went on Muzmatch because then they would have uh, things in common with their background and the two of them hit it off and they're now married so i think it's kind of looking at the best dating app for you and and what you can get out of it um if you're someone who's a bit more uh you know maybe you live in a a big city like london or something like that then is is tinder maybe the right place maybe there's too many people there you should maybe you're better to go on a more specialist dating app but i don't think there there is a trick um to it it's just a matter of finding which app works for, for you um you know some people love hinge because they're supposed to be connected through your facebook friends i'm not so sure it is like that anymore other people for bumble because it's a woman making the first move and tends to be us messaging first a lot of the time i find anyway these days so you may as well go on onto an app that it is like that um but uh yeah i think it's kind of having a play around and also remember in the uk they've got a 14 day cooling off period so if you sign up to a dating app in the UK and it do- is not working for you, they have to um, refund you and they cannot charge you for it. So um, remember that when, when you're doing dating apps and, and subscribe to them directly, not through the Apple store or through your um, Android phone, because then it's the contract was done with those stores. Do it with, um, you know, do it directly with the dating app. And there is a 14-day cooling-off period in this country that you can then enact if it's not working for you. Well, Janet, you've touched on most of my pros and cons, which is good. So you've touched on them. Um, is it hard to evaluate a match without any physical interaction? No, actually. Once you start to talk with that person, you'll see if there's any synergy there. Um, apparently, one out of five relationships start online. Um, there's lots of scepticism about relationships and people um, may not get married and it's just like for short relationships but then like there's some wonderful stories where people have actually um, got long-term relationships or they're married as a result of that um, as well so lastly the con is people do lie on their profiles and that's really shocking and this is relative to MTV's Catfish production you've been working on. And it's back, as you say, for a new season over here in the UK following this, this success of the US um, series as well. And I actually watched the documentary about Catfish um, with Neve and Max. And it tells us lots about how it all started. So tell us about this. Yeah, so the the big presenter in the US, um, he was doing it with Max, his one of his best friends. Um, now he's doing it with Cami, um, who is uh, this amazing ex-beauty queen in America, and she um, she's a, she's really funny. She's great. So um, she's replaced uh, Max in the more recent um, series. Uh, but Neve, it got catfished himself, so he knows exactly what it's like to be um, a hopeful on the show who comes on, and they are hoping the person is uh, who they say they they are at the end of it. Uh, in the US series, it tends to be they have had some happy endings, but there's more not happy endings, unfortunately. But they have had some relationships and couples come together. But he knows himself because uh, he got catfished by um, a married woman, um, Angela. And the term catfishing comes from uh, a description uh, that her husband made, um, which was one of the opening clips of the documentary. 
where he talked about the cod and when they were trans transported across the oceans they used to all die because they wouldn't move around so they put catfish in there to kind of chase them around and keep them moving so that the cod would arrive alive and fresh in port and he said that's what his wife's like because she keeps people moving and uh, you know stops their lives being boring and mundane um so that's yeah. where it all, it all came from massively successful documentary won loads of awards incredible if you haven't seen it watch it it was 10 years ago now but still so current to today even more current today yeah and then the, t- the tv series came off the back of it so it's it's um it's Neve himself. Um, I can't. I don't. I can't announce who the presenters are yet for our one. Um, yeah. So the, the 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 UK will have its its own presenters, um, which is very exciting. But that's top secret at the moment. And uh, but it's uh, Neve presents the one in in the uh, the US, um, and he he's great because he can t- he knows and un- understands what it's like to be hopeful, and. And in a lot of cases, to not get the result that you were hoping for, um, and it would be really interesting to see the UK version because it it hasn't been done here before, and I think there isn't as much of an awareness of catfishing as in oh that's something that happens in the US, and I think people maybe don't even know they're being catfished because they they haven't realised that person still is avoiding a video call and they're like oh it's fine it's just because it's the pandemic or whatever excuse the person is using. So I think it'll be great to bring it into into British life that people see it is something that is happening it's rife in the UK and um and, and for people to realize they are being catfished so that they you know cannot get into those scenarios so hopefully we will help a lot of people but we're here to help in the meantime and uh you know we want to we want to get applicants coming in we want to make sure that we're helping the right people and reaching the right people who are you know in relationships where they've, they've got suspicious that they are being catfished and it might be that you're not being and we might confirm that you are actually talking to the person that you, you think you are and they are you know very very shy and that's why they have a video call or it might be that we can expose them for you you can really find out who um they they really are um and yeah we we're, we're here and we we like to go catfish hunting <laughs> and <laughs> the documentary I do remember the the quote about catfish at the end I remember that part and I thought wow that is such a powerful statement about catfish um, and I thought I can see how it all developed but um, it's really interesting that you touch on those subjects about like the online safety there's so much there's so much issues as, as well with the the subjects in the actual documentary and um, there was issues that came up with mental health as well um, the subject feeling quite depressed because she was she had two stepchildren who had disabilities. So um, posing as somebody else was her escapism. And people do tend to do that online, whether it's changing a picture or or even just telling a fib and not telling the truth. And it's always good to to be open. So based on the US series, is there any of interest that um, would be quite good to highlight to, to let us know more about, just to give us a bit of flavour about the kind of pros and the cons? Yeah, so th- there's a very famous episode and it has a British connection and it was Spencer and Katie episode. And uh, it was where this very nice guy from Tennessee thought for six years that he was dating Katie Perry. And... And they had messages, he bought an engagement ring, everything. And it turned out to be a Canadian girl who'd moved to Britain. So they, it's the only time that they've ever filmed in the UK. And they flew over 
and and he finally met this this girl Harriet who had been doing it. Um, unfortunately, Harriet um, was a lesbian, so there was no hope of them even uh, having any kind of romantic relationship when they met up, which sometimes has happened actually, because they, they realised they they love the person, not the photos. Um, but he that, that's an amazing episode I, for anyone who hasn't seen it it's it's on Amazon at the moment uh, it's series five and if you've got Amazon Prime you can watch it for free um, I won't say any more because I don't want to to spoil it but that that's an incredible um, episode um, and yeah it, it's kind of you can't believe it can happen but when you watch the episode, then you can. Um, a good um, episode kind of that is maybe very relatable to, uh, to a lot of your listeners is the Mir- Miracle and Giovanni episode. It was the um, first episode in series four. Um, and it's this amazing um, single mom who went online dating and met this guy's gorgeous Giovanni, her perfect guy, chatting to her. And they track down the real guy in the photos and he hadn't been talking to her at all. He was, he didn't know his photos had been stolen. And, uh, you know, she got to video call with him and see for real that that was what it was. But they did track her down and it was kind of a couple, but it was more uh, Cara, the the, the, the um, wife was doing it. And her reasons for doing it were, like you said, people have different reasons and this is a very good example so she got diagnosed with lupus which is quite a life-changing autoimmune disease and she was stuck at home a lot and she does have two kids as well and her husband goes away a lot for work so she had set up this this fake profile and it you know became something for her to do at home I think initially it was set up to try and catch um, her friend's partner who they suspected was cheating but then it turned into something else um, and the, the 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 person that miracle that she had been catfishing she actually did feel a strong connection with her um, and you know and, and said that she used to be disappointed if she woke up in the morning and, and miracle hadn't messaged her um, so it was very interesting she got an emotional dependence on her uh, at the end of the episode they you know they give you a two-month recap they hadn't become friends but there has been newspaper reports since that they actually have become friends so um yeah uh maybe it was one of those things that turned into a friendship instead but it was just someone at home who was lonely you know a, a lot of people who catfish are nice good people you know what I mean and and um and we would like to help if there's any catfish out there who want to come clean to the people they've been catfishing or it might just be one person we're there to help you um and we understand the reasons why because everyone's got a reason for doing something um and it's often very complex but we can we can help on picket if you need us to and that's really important important janet because i watched an episode it was a u.s version and it was there were two best friends and the best friend had fallen in love with her best friend and had posed to somebody else and got her guy friend involved and eventually she confessed and so that confession time is just so important to from the onset just to be totally honest and it was so difficult because they lived in the same home they were I believe they're probably around about under 20 or so and so one friend lived with her friend um, and her parents so then breaking that news that actually she's in love with her friend um, it just kind of tore that relationship apart because of the lying and everything and it, it was just shocking to see it how they were both hurt the emotions that get involved so it's not just the fact that the person who's doing that who may feel like they're quite happy because they've got someone to meet 
but at the same time there's lots of emotions and it can cause friendships to break up people can feel depressed because they confide in someone that's how Neve felt in his initial documentary and he said he had this con this um this kind of connection um is it with Angela is that right yeah <laughs> yes with Angela yeah had this connection and then I really felt for him and then at the time Max had said right I said I was going to film this documentary for you and then Neve was kind of getting a little bit frustrated because he he, he had that connection and it happens doesn't it and I thought wow he's he's a human being he feels the same even though he's being filmed and so it's quite heart-wrenching to see that and then at the end when he met Angela and her her partner and the children and she was crying as well and because she felt really sorry. So I, I felt that connection again. And I thought, wow, you know, there's two sides of it. Angela wanted some escapism and Neve was emotionally connected because he felt they were friends. But it just it wasn't real, wasn't built on the right foundation. So that was quite interesting to see that. Yeah, it is. And I think people, um, sometimes you get double catfishing stories where the others, the, the, the person who is kind of they may particularly these days people doctor their photos a lot they use a lot of filters um and what might actually happen is that both of them have been filtering their photos so much they're scared to meet up but they actually are the people that they say they are but they've just maybe photoshopped themselves a little bit skinnier and they've glossed you know got the perfect skin because they've made it perfect through a filter um and then they're scared the person won't love the reality um and it is quite it is interesting where you get you know they have had cases where there's kind of been double catfishing going on just because people have been slightly dishonest so catfishing doesn't have to be a massive big dishonesty thing like the Katy Perry thing it could be something as simple as you've not been as honest in your photos as you should have been they were you know they've been filtered to make you look a lot younger and your skin look perfect and whatever but sure nobody is perfect so if you meet up with a person they're still gonna probably really really like you you know they, they probably know the photos have been filtered and whatever and they've probably been doing the same with their photos <laughs> filters such an easy thing to press even um, just looking at the different profiles people can create several profiles and start using those to kind of interact with some somebody to make out that they are this person who, who they say that they're not as well so that's another thing yeah, and people steal photos. So, so if you if you are suspicious of someone that you're dating online, the best thing you do is you can reverse Google image search photos. So you can either put in the link to their profile with the photo and do it that way, or you can save photos if they've been sending them to you on a messaging service, and then you can you can put them through and you can find out if that got, has got a hit anywhere else. And then if that does, you can look through the profiles and see if they are who they say they are. Um, and it might be that you get no hits on it because. They might be who they say they are and the photos might have come off their phone or it could be that they're stealing the photos from a private account so that they're not going to come up in search engines. You don't know. But it's always worth having a look that way. Um, Also, if you're getting lots of lovey-dovey messages, um, lazy catfish sometimes just cut and paste them from like almost... Uh, love letters that you can find online written pre-written for you um, so you can cut and paste in bits of text and see if you get any hits on that and then you know that they've been stealing the words of someone else to try and woo you um, and and never give up never give money no matter what even if it's just 10 20 pounds never ever ever give money to anyone you're dating online um, and they're kind of the, the the three things that you can do to protect yourself um, 
uh, you know, obviously you can, no one can fully protect themselves from from anything. Um, but though, if you do those two, those three things, um, and just see see what you got, then if you've got no hits on them and it's looking okay, then just persuade the person onto a video call as soon as you can. That's really important that video call. And once you get onto that video call, and if you get lots of kind of rejection from them, and they're saying no, I'm not available, then that's the telltale signs. I definitely agree with that. Come to us, we'll sort it out for you. <laughs> so I have got a few um, dating dilemmas. Some of our mums have experienced across our network and across the globe as well. So um, we're going to go to be some um, dating gurus we are today. <laughs> so we've got 20 seconds to answer 10 questions. So I'm going to fire some questions at you, <laughs> even at myself, even though I've seen the answers, but I made sure I didn't try to recite or memorize. So courtesy of a match.com as well, also included some of the um, kind of questions and also mum's net. So Janet, you ready? <laughs> right, I'm going to start my timer now. Right, I'll start my timer once I say it. So should I set up a separate email address for dating? Yes or no? And why? Uh, yes, because then you can, you know, they don't have all your personal details that are linked to all your, your accounts. So I, I would say yes. Oh, that was quick. You've got five seconds to spare. <laughs> right, so for me now, how many dates should I go on? Um, I'm thinking date, 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 date. Well, um, I think it depends on your, your diary and how much time you've got, but just space them out. And if you have that interest in that person, then go for it. But not like have a string of 20 people or so. That's a bit too much. Who has the time? <laughs> it's a lot of messaging, 20 people. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to keep up with that. <laughs> oh, yes. That is way too much. Like, you know, it's like a full-time job, isn't it? Right. So I've got another one. When and where should we meet? when there's time what should you do safety and first time dates and location that's what I'm thinking of on that one yeah always in a public place um, and always tell someone where you're going and what time you you know are going to get back and message someone after you finish your date um, and anyway you're going to want to because most of the time they go terrible and you be like oh my god this guy was terrible what was I doing what was I thinking I thought he was nice on the app and in reality he was horrible um and my advice always try and meet up with people or a video call as soon as possible um, because you might not have a spark. You don't want to be wasting time messaging them for ages, do you? <laughs> okay, my one. Should I mention the kids? I think that it's really important to mention the children and not too much detail, but just to know, you know, be upfront. And it's the same issue with what happened in the documentary. Um, he knew straight away more about the children in the family household, but that's good to know as well. Okay, Janet. So what about taking time to introduce the kids to the potential partner on the back of the question that I've had? Oh, I think you'd want to be sure about them, first of all. So you want to scope them out and make sure that, you know, there's someone that you want to actually have a relationship with. Um, but if your kids are a bit older, then it's a little bit different because they can actually be great barometer of whether someone's good or bad. So with younger kids, I think wait and make sure that you're in a you know a good relationship. But with older kids, they can uh, they can maybe have the deciding vote on whether he stays or goes. Okay. Oh, this one's for me. Should I give out my real age? Yes. Sure. Definitely. <laughs> no doubt about that. I've answered that really quickly, haven't I? <laughs> The next one is don't give away too much information that will allow people to find out your real life. Is that a yes or no from you, Janet? Without, you know, bearing in mind catfish and 
being transparent, how much information should you give out? Yeah, so this is this is a tricky one. Um, I do like to know guys' surnames before I go on a date with them because then I can Google them and I can background check them essentially to make sure that they're they're okay people. Um, so I I think you know you don't give out your address and things like that, but I do think you have to give someone your surname and you know they can see that you're a real person because they need to be able to confirm that you're not a catfish. It goes both ways. True. Definitely. I totally agree with that one. I've got another one here. Um, keep your ex filled in that you're dating for the kids sake. I totally agree with that, but not too much detail again, but children start mentioning who this person is. And then if they don't, then the other the par- partner will think, ex-partner will think, oh, what's going on here? So it's always good to be transparent and open at the same time. And also, um, if they were to visit you as well, at least, you know, um, you know, if you tell them about the partner or if they see them, at least they know who this person is, because it might be a shock for um, children to see someone new in the household. Also, they're a great babysitter, aren't they, for your date? So it's like I'm dropping the kids off because I'm going on a hot date again. Sorry. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good word. Um, What about (laughs) um, keeping your options open, Janet? What do you think about that? Yeah, so you can, I think, in the beginning, you know, you can go on a date, multiple dates, and then you have to whittle it down. But eventually you have to you have to pick it. So I think when it gets to, to serious where, you know, you're thinking, you know, you, you actually want to spend the night with them and things like that. I think by that stage, you should have it whittled down to one. But there's no harm in multi-dating in the beginning because that's what they're doing as well. That's online dating. It's true. And this is for both of us. Number 10, don't settle for less than what you deserve. Is that a yes from you? Emily? Yes, absolutely. Because there's plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> there's plenty <laughs> of fish in the sea. I totally agree with that. They're <laughs> not, not all catfish. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So I think that we've mastered the dating guru now, this session here. So I think we'll have quite a lot of questions coming in. <laughs> And we've touched on so much the importance of mental health, um, online safety. It's been amazing, Janet, speaking to you. So how can mums get in contact if they want to apply for Catfish 2020? Yeah, so we... We're, we've got, we're on Instagram, um, so you can find us. It'll be MTV Catfish um, UK Casting. So if you put that in, you'll find us on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, and we've got a very simple online application forum um, that you can uh, uh, contact us on. Um, and uh, we've got, we can also email and we've got a number as well. So th- I think you've put all of that up on your, um, on your socials, haven't you? And yeah please apply whether whether you are hopeful or whether you are a catfish um get in touch because we can help both sides um untangle what it is and we are hoping that we will get um some of our stories will be happy endings and there'll be some relationships as well at the end yes of the some weddings yeah. i'll be i'll be quite happy to actually i love attending weddings <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be nice <laughs> Janet, it's been amazing speaking to you and I wish you all the success with the UK version of Catfish and I can't wait to see who the presenters are because I know it's going to be fun. Great. Thank you very much, Antonia, for having us and um, yeah, uh, get, get applying if you need our help. Hey guys, it's Neve, and I am super excited because it is official. Catfish is coming to the UK. That's right. If you have a story and you live in the UK... We want to hear from you, so please apply.